Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. Ollie Watkins just gets away from him, but El Ghazi's behind him. And more El Ghazi! 3 0! Emphatic! Triore with Watkins available. Triore just passes it into the corner. Big moment for him. Young, ground full side, he slides it into the nets. Here's Douglas the Wee, strong on the ball, opens up for John McGinn, plays the pass towards Watkins, 1-0 Villa. Villa's a big clap mate. So. Gather round villains and welcome back to another episode of Gather Round the Lamp, a podcast all about our beloved Aston Villa by underagaslitlamp.com. In this episode we'll be looking back on the weekend's draw with Crystal Palace and also taking a look ahead to the final two matches of what seemed like a really long season. At home to Burnley and of course the trip to Manchester City on Sunday. I'm Andy and today it's a warm welcome back to Craig. Yes, I was missing last week and, and this week I might be uh, back at least in physical form. Although emotionally, who knows? <laughs> it's, it's good to have you back on anyway. it's uh, Yeah, we, we always miss you when you're not... You're not there on the other end of the uh, the call, um, but it was um, a special occasion at Villa Park on Sunday as um, the club chose this match to commem- commemorate the the 40 year anniversary of the club's greatest ever triumph uh, when we won the European Cup in 1982. The current squad, along with Steven Gerrard, Christian Perslow, and the owners Nazif Suiris and Wes Edens made a guard of honour to welcome the heroes onto the pitch to a rap- rapturous reception from a full Villa Park. Flags were provided for all the fans and a huge TIFO of the European Cup was raised in front of the Holt end. There was also a lap of honour at half-time as the club really went to town to celebrate this event. Um, I was only about 18 months old at the time of uh, this uh, European Cup win um, but growing up in Birmingham, of course, and, and being a, a Villa supporter, um, these these group of players have always been rightly held up as, as club icons. And it was pretty spine-tingling to, to be in the ground for this occasion. But did you get to see any of the, the footage of this, Craig? And, and what were your thoughts? And was it a, a fitting tribute? Well, I can tell you that uh, live, NBC uh, Sports didn't give too much of a damn uh, on old uh, the Peacock <laughs> Network over here in the USA. So it's not like I can tell you that it was heavily featured on the uh, on the coverage that I get over here in the good old US of A. Um, but what I was able to do was obviously trawl like some kind of cyber stalker through social media and see kind of fan posts and um, also see some of the stuff produced on the uh, through the official uh, Villa website. And so I did retrospectively go back and, and watch it and, it, and it was really moving. And I just think it is probably, and, and I'm not the first one to say this, so this isn't exactly an original thought, but it's really high time that these guys were celebrated in the way that they need to be celebrated. And I think actually the perception of Aston Villa as European Cup winners was almost lost on a generation of people because of Doug Ellis and his kind of... Um, I don't know what the right word is. I'm, I guess pettiness, small-mindedness, jealousy, whatever the reason was that Doug Ellis really shunned um, 
the uh, European Cup winning um, 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 side and the European Cup winners and the, the fact that Aston Villa won the European Cup allegedly because he was not in the club while, when that happened and he just found that very hard to take. It's a big shame that um, a whole generation of fans growing up during Douglas's reign in the in the in the the the, the uh, 80s late 80s and 90s um just missed all this stuff because it wasn't really spoken about it wasn't talked talked about and meanwhile the likes of Liverpool and Man United and even in more recent years Chelsea have picked up European cups and um the perception is that uh, that Aston Villa have not been at that kind of level but Aston Villa were at that kind of level once upon a time and obviously we're working very hard to move back towards that level now so it's um it's a shame that we lost almost a generation of that kind of love and support and 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 also I think actually the 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 perception of Aston Villa has suffered due to Doug Ellis's attitude towards the the European Cup winner side but um, I'm glad that um, that that it it began and and, and as they say Andy uh, better late than never yeah absolutely it was just really it was really a really great thing to see those guys and interesting to hear uh, Stephen Gerrard talking afterwards about how for some reason the plan was for the those uh, the 80 the 82 heroes to um to give a guard of honor to the the current team <laughs> onto the field which just kind of made me laugh i thought it was maybe some sort of joke um at first uh, but that just seemed seemed crazy but uh, Stephen Gerrard rightly um suggested that maybe they switch that round um, and it was it was really great, and I, I mean I can remember as a as a kid when I first started going to Villa, Alan Evans and um, and and Sid Cowens who were who were on the pitch on on Saturday were, were kind of part of the the, the Villa team still, and uh, you know obviously you know my dad and my uncle and and so on, you know made sure I knew all about you know about those people and, and and how great they were and I I was actually lucky enough to watch uh, to see Gary Shaw and Des Bremner playing as well as they were they were um they played in played at Warsaw for a little while and I, I happened to go to a Warsaw game uh, around that time and saw them play so you know it's um you know that they are but they are quite far removed from now and um you know it was just really great to reconnect with them and because they are the you know the all-time Villa greats there's no there's no question about it and seeing seeing Dennis Mortimer I mean Dennis Mortimer you know um you know in, in the modern game I think would be you know would be just a, a really top class um midfielder you know and and uh, and captain and he was you know obviously the engine room of that team with uh, with Bremner and Cowens and so on um but it was just tremendous to to see it and you know quite as i say quite um, quite emotional and 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 just a just a great way to to um everyone reacted to it really really well it was a, it was an incredible thing to start the game and it kind of you know it did it did kind of um translate then into the game um that atmosphere did I think that um, I think that one thing is for sure that I that I took from from the outside looking in, and I don't know if there was a if there was if there's something tangible that you could you could add to this from being actually inside the stadium, Andy. But um, that seemed to be the first time we've we've talked a little bit about the romance kind of dying with the exits of Dean Smith and Jack Grealish a little bit for the fans. 
that to me was looked like the first time really this season since Grealish has left and subsequently Dean Smith that that kind of romance and love w- w- was back again. Would that be accurate, Andy, from, from someone who was inside the stadium? Well, yeah, I mean, it was certainly there, absolutely. You know, there was a real a real sort of um, swell of, 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 of pride in the stadium and, you know, this is... Um, yeah, something that has has certainly been lacking over over recent months. I would say um, we had we had a good sort of two or three years of that, didn't we? Of sort of that coming back, where sort of every atmosphere at the club at, at, at home was was um, was was pretty big, and um, that has sort of ebbed away this season a little bit. Obviously, last season there was no one there anyway, um, but this, this season it has kind of it has kind of gone, and it certainly did. Did that? I mean, it was. It's certainly the loudest I've heard Villa Park um, probably since the first couple of games. Because obviously, first couple of games back after after such a long absence, um, people were just glad to be back. Um, but that has sort of diminished over the season. And, and yeah, Saturday, Sunday, sorry, was uh, was definitely back to, to to those sort of levels. And it was, you know, you, you've got to you've got to mark these occasions and. Um, you know, I understand there's a there's a documentary on BT Sport as well uh, coming out Wednesday evening. Uh, we're co- recording this on Tuesday, um, so it's out tomorrow night. Um, well worth uh, watching, I think, and that that kind of um, goes through those those couple of years, kind of leading up to the the European Cup win um, forty years ago. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's just a great thing. And it, the other thing, it was great to see the respect from the current group of players towards those guys. Um, they wouldn't necessarily know who they were before they they joined the club. I would I would have thought a lot of them, um, but they certainly know them now, and they know now how in what high esteem um, they are held by the fans and uh, what is possible. Um, maybe not winning the European Cup, but certainly winning something. Um, would put this this current group into um, into into you know that kind of legendary status. I think so. Um, you know, hopefully it's been a it's it's a motivator for them as well going forward. Yeah, and I think it's good for them as well to feel again that 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 celebration, the BT documentary. It's important for the players to feel part of a club that has won the European Cup. I mean, goodness me. As what's Pep Guardiola spent now at Man City, uh, over a billion, billion and a half, with 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 uh, with with uh, Erling Haaland on the way, it's absolutely obscene what uh, some of the nation state clubs are going to do, and, and Newcastle, I'm sure, are about to do something similar in an effort to win this trophy to try and get that level of prestige that comes with winning the European Cup, to have your name alongside the greats like the Juventuses, the Ajaxes, the Real Madrids, the Man Uniteds, the Liverpools, um, is really important for the not only the branding of, of the football club, but the 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 bigness, if you like, for want of a better term, of your football club. Man Man City will never ever be fully considered legitimate by f- certain fans and, and most fans until they've won a European Cup, which is why they're going hell for leather to try and do it. Aston Villa already have that in the bank. It's done. It's dusted. We have it. We have that credibility. We have that history. We have the, um, the, the, the right to call ourselves former European champions. And it's really key for the players to 
really tap into that and understand what that means. Because again, um, not to belabor the point, that legacy was nearly really tarnished under Doug Ellis's watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, you just hope that guys there, particularly the young players who were involved in that, um, sort of go on and, and, and understand what that what that means. And it is a motivator then to, um, you know, to say, you know, that you can achieve these things and hopefully, maybe one day, um, Aston Villa can be, like you say, back in that competition, um, trying to win it at some point. You never know. Um but the, I mean, the great the, the atmosphere um, was certainly there in the ground as the players emerged for the game. Um, whether whether the match lived up to the uh, the um, you know the, the legends that were legends that were in the stand watching watching the game, um, I'm not sure. But um, it was a, it was an unchanged lineup for for Steven Gerrard, um, which was somewhat surprising. Um, although Jacob Ramsey did return to the bench also. Uh, Phil Coutinho made his first appearance as a permanent Aston Villa player, um, which had been announced at the awards night uh, last Thursday, um, which was, uh, it was a great moment for Christian Perslow, I think, um, amongst uh, amongst everyone else as well. Um, myself and Dan discussed the distinct potential that this deal may be finalised on last week's show. Um, so now it's all confirmed. Uh, Coutinho's a Villa player for the next four years. How are you feeling about it? Um, fantastic. Now with that price, um, the 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 thirty three million pound price, and we've talked about it. I think um, you were in one camp, Andy, and and I think Daniel was far away in another camp. I was somewhere kind of straddled the middle, um, uh, and um, but I was more leaning towards the idea that £33 million for someone who, while so incredibly talented, there's no question of, of, of Coutinho's ability, had proven himself thus far to be inconsistent. I mean, is that fair? Can we say inconsistent? Yeah, is that, I'd agree. Is that, that going to get me... Is that going to get me hammered? Yeah, I think that, um, that that it might be reasonable to say that he's been inconsistent thus far, and spending that kind of money. Bear in mind, we I, I go back to the the earlier point about Man City. We're not a Man City uh, in terms of spending. We're not going to be a Newcastle United even in terms of spending. Our record transfer is still in the thirty million, uh, thirty eight million pound range for Emi Buendia. So it's not like Villa are a team that can just spunk thirty million here or there and not worry about it. I mean, Man City can spend a hundred million pounds on a player who sits on the bench. We are not swimming in those waters as of yet. So when we spend or plan to spend thirty-three million pounds on a player, he kind of needs to be perfect, and um, that was the concern. But when when you reduce that fee by almost uh, by by kind of half, basically, when you chop that in half. And when it becomes a £17 million deal, and when Philip Coutinho has agreed to take a 70% pay cut, now I'm sure that he is going to get some um, cheese in his whopper elsewhere. <laughs> I wouldn't be naive, naive enough to, to think otherwise. Um, but for him to come in at that kind of price point makes it absolutely incredible business because it almost now doesn't matter if he succeeds or fails in terms of the financial outlay. If it goes really well, then we've got kind of the bargain of the century. Um, and if it goes badly, 
you're kind of in the territory where you can, the wages is a separate issue, but in terms of transfer fee, you can kind of write it off. I mean, Villa are going to write off probably 14 million worth of Morgan Sanson um, coming this summer, which is a comparable fee. We, we wrote off 12 million for uh, Ross McCormick, for example, 9 million for Scott Hogan. We're kind of in that kind of neighborhood where we can kind of write it off as a Premier League club. Um, I wish I was in a neighbourhood where I could write off seventeen million pounds. I'm not sure I can write off seventeen pound fifty at the minute. But anyway, the, uh, the 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 point stands. At this kind of price point, it's an incredible piece of business because it almost doesn't matter now whether it works or doesn't work because Villa are insulated, and um, and 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 that is a rare place to be with a big time transfer. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And yes, I, I was on the um, the side of signing him because uh, I want um, big name um, quality players playing for Aston Villa. You know, and there was a point a few years ago where I thought I'd never see that type of thing again. You know, I can remember signing Carles Gill and thinking he um, he might be that player. Um, but you know, we just you know for a long time we were just signing players that were. We're kind of nowhere near that, really. And then, obviously, in the champ, you know, you drop to the championship, and you think those days are gone um, completely. But to be back in that in that um, position where we can we can sign someone like this, and you know, let's make no mistake, Steven Gerrard is 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 a huge factor in this as well. Um, but nevertheless, we've 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 got the player and and. Um, like you say, it's it's far less risky. Um, obviously, the less you pay, um, the the less risk risk you take on. So um, it is it is kind of a, a I you know we, well we've all kind of used the used the term no brainer, haven't we? And I think it it was a little bit of a brainer um, at thirty three million, but you know it's like you say fifty percent of the, that that price. It's 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 really a a, a good deal, and I think. We've kind of taken advantage a little bit of Barcelona's financial strife as well to to kind of do that, um, which you know I'm not I'm not shedding any tears over over them, um, and uh, you know we've got we've, we've got a really good player. And he's also a player that that hopefully will 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 be important in maybe attracting other players um, who might be kind of thinking. You know, do I go to Aston Villa or don't I? You know, what's what's the situation? Well, you know, maybe they they're, they're more likely to make a positive decision towards us um, if they know Philip Coutinho's um, in in the same squad. Yeah, absolutely. And this is this is the other benefit from uh, Philip Coutinho, whether he's a success on the field or off the field, he can almost be like a um, a mascot in terms of. Um, maybe mascots are the wrong <laughs> word. A figurehead, yeah. Andy. He can be a figurehead. Scratch mascot from the record. That's me crossing it off the blackboard. Can you say blackboard anymore? I don't know. I did it. But then again, um, the the key is that um, you're going to see a a figurehead in Philip Coutinho who adds gravitas and status to Aston Villa as a football club, and. Whether he is a guarantee, well, I don't want any guaranteed starters in the team for a start. I don't care who you are. I want players to earn their shirt week in, week out. So whether Coutinho is 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 in the team, out the team, he is still has an aura about him 
people still look up to him. He's one of those players that people, such as Jack Grealish, second mention for him on the show, um, cite when they look up to. He is in. He is of the ilk of a Kevin De Bruyne or a, a, a Yaya Toure or a Eden Hazard or or any one of those kind of players. Those 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 kind of really special standout elite players. Coutinho is in that mix. So even though he may not be where he once was as a footballer. Um, it is fair to say that he is held in high esteem by his peers and that will really help bring along other talent I think into the, the into the into the into the squad and as you say I think Gerard alluded to it Dinia was asking about Coutinho in his negotiations and 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 Coutinho was asking about Dinia so it's going to be that kind of thing there will be players encouraged that with 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 the idea of playing with Philip Coutinho so there are rumors that we are um we are in we are at loggerheads with Atletico Madrid for the young man Kamara from Marseille on a free transfer the idea of saying to the young man Kamara hey if you come to Aston Villa you can play with Felipe Felipe Coutinho that only enhances the appeal of Aston Villa so as the kind of figurehead or however I'm calling it it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be key and um and that doesn't depend on his form either because he has that status anyway he's going to go down as a legend just for the stuff he's already achieved in his in his career so on that note it's a really good thing as well because he can be he can be really important as as that kind of figurehead and he can also set the standards um for the other 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 young players in in training jack grealish third mention of jack grealish there will, there will you know, be he more, had, by the way <laughs> there will be more jack grealish had and, and 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 this is this is something that which 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 well, I don't know Andy you could tell me if this is nonsense or, or or what but I've always thought part of Jack Grealish's problem is he came up under under the guidance of under the umbrella of Gabby Agbonlahor the the three stone overweight shisha pipe smoking cigar smoking joke of a, of a professional footballer which he became towards the end of his career not the beginning of his career but towards the end of his career that was his captain that was his role model the youngsters coming up now through the Aston Villa uh, ranks, the Tim Orogbunams of this world, the uh, Jacob Ramseys, the Aaron Ramseys, so on and so forth, they are going to be looking up to an entirely different caliber of player with having Philip Coutinho in the building. And that is gold dust. Yeah, and, and, and Gerard has, has made that point, hasn't he? That he can he, he sort of looks in on the gym and, you know, there's there's one or two of the, the, the young players kind of... Um, Round Coutinho, sort of asking him stuff and, and and chatting to him and and copying him, I suppose. And I think he said something like, um, "If if uh, if Phil goes for a for a swim on a Friday, then you find that you know the following week there's a couple more in the pool on a Friday because they're you know." <laughs> they're I'd like to grab a I'd like to grab a swim with Phil if I can get into Bodyball Heath. I'll I'll go and swim with with, with Philippe. It was just a. A funny image. He, he, he perhaps he perhaps he perhaps enjoys a quiet swim on a Friday. He doesn't want to be uh, harassed by a, a load of teenagers. But, you know, <laughs> the te- it's, it's kind of the teenagers in the, 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 the spotty teenagers. Uh, anyway, go on. Yeah. But it's um, it's you know, it's it's a, it's um, it's just a it's just a, re- a really good, um, you know, really big signing as well. I mean, it's one of those that you kind of you still double take at. You know, when you. You see his name on the team sheet or picture of him in a villa shirt. It's it's kind of a oh blimey yeah and 
and actually it's not just a loan, you know, to get him fit and get him ready for the World Cup. This is actually a you know a, a deal now. He's he's our player and and um you know that's you know that's 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 just a great a great great thing. So uh and the other thing is I would I would the other thing I would say and I was thinking about this the other day is that he has undoubtedly been fairly inconsistent um over the over his loan spell. Um but bear in mind he's going to have now a, a full pre-season with um with the squad. He's not just being parachuted in to try and to try and get get things moving. He's going to he's going to be part of this squad um and the new players that come in and and how it's reshaped um part of our pre-season and the great trip to um Australia that's going to be happening and and then obviously you, you, you know he's going to be sort of growing with the with the team ready for the start of the season so um it's a totally different situation now and I expect him to be um on a diff- bit of a different level next season I expect him to be um far more consistent he will have he will have times where he isn't but you know I think he's going to be you know at his best next season I hope so and I I I I think you could be right I think he's had a real stop start you know last 3 or 4 years as we know it's been well documented we don't need to go over that ground and the idea of him coming in knowing that he's loved knowing that he's the numero uno guy at Aston Villa football club and that we're going to kind of build around him and and indulge him a little bit I guess as well through some of his hard moments could really be a spark for him but my my great feeling now is because of this transfer fee it it's the stakes are not as high. It's just less important, I think, to Aston Villa, um, particularly with with Buendia doing so well as well. I'm I'm less I'm less scared about it. Like as I said earlier, it's a weird thing. I do think that he he could come back and be really special, but if he doesn't, it almost you know I, I wouldn't say it doesn't matter. It's it's not that flippant. It is still important that that that, that Coutinho does well and contributes because that's going to be to the betterment of Aston Villa. But it's not kind of make or break now for me. It's it's more well, it's gonna be really nice if he can if he can do really, really well. But if, if he doesn't at seventeen million, I'd you know, I'm not I'm not gonna be um I'm not gonna be uh too distraught personally. I mean, yeah, and it's worth remembering that his low his low form, his his poor form is um is a higher level to um, say a, a Bertrand Traore's poor form, or a, even an Emmy Buendia's poor form. You know, so Bertrand Traore gets a <laughs> gets a raw deal. You know, he he scored. I think he got similar numbers to Ings last season. I'm going to look this up. I've, no, he, I've, I'd see, I see, I see nothing but hate for Bertrand Traore on on online. He was the first name. Let's that came move him on. <laughs> he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't had a, he hasn't had a sniff this year. No. He's, he's had some injuries. I, I love Bertie. I, he, he might not make, he might not make it. <laughs> yeah, got, but I, I, I like him he, all the same. He got seven or eight goals last season, which was a, which was a really good return. Um, uh, but it was behind closed doors, so I don't know if that makes a difference. Um, but moving on, the, the, the match itself had a had a very kind of end of season flavour, uh, with both sides uh, toiling to make openings. Um, with Ings going closest with a couple of opportunities in the first half, whilst Palace seemed able to to get through our midfield fairly easily, really, um, but without overly troubling Martinez too much apart from I think Zahar had a, had a shot um, the second half was was somewhat improved from a Villa perspective as chances were more forthcoming 
And then it was on on the 69th minute. Um, Luca Dean swung a, swung one of the crosses of the season in really for for Ollie Watkins, to, who somehow managed to get a foot to the ball to guide it into the corner of the net, whilst under really considerable uh, pressure from from Gay, the defender. Um, it has been a a really up and down start really to 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 life as an Aston Villa player for Luca Dean. Um, but he has been mightily impressive, I think, over the last three or four games since he returned from the, the shoulder injury uh, with two assists in those games. Um, what have you made of his, his recent progress and are we starting to see why Gerard was so keen to get him through the door? I'm just looking at the glee in Andy's face as he as he talks through the, these notes. He's uh, Andy has been a staunch defender of, of Luca Dean, the transfer and the man. And um, yeah, Andy, it looks like you are you are right. Um, Dean and I, I put this in our in our famous uh, under the gaslit dot com chat uh, a couple of days ago. I, I think I said something like, Andy, just want to say, Luca Dean's been immense the last two games, and he really has been incredible. Um, much much better. Obviously, once he stopped uh, defecating uh, on himself in the warm up, you can see what kind of a player he really is. And um, he's just got a touch of class. Um, his first touch, his close control, his technique, his crossing ability. Um, defensively, you, you still are slightly concerned, but I'm not as concerned as, as, as I was. I was kind of half looking at Luca Dean for the, uh, for the Mane, for leaving Mane on his own for that header. Um, but, but I digress. This is a blockbuster of a player that we have for, from Luca Dean. And, and this is what... This is what it's supposed to be like when you buy a player at the top of their game. You buy a 29 or 30-year-old, like a Danny Ings. Obviously, it didn't quite work out with Danny Ings. This is what a sure thing is supposed to look like. He's played Premier League football. He plugs in and obviously shoulder injury, stomach injury, whatever, um, stomach upset, whatever. He, he, he now, Luca Dean, is looking like the real deal. And you can see that he is starting to bring a different dimension to our play. And actually... I've found that, um, that that Villa's play now, uh, attacking play, is coming a lot more through Luca Dean and a, a lot less through Matty Cash. I don't know in the last game or two for, for, from 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 my vantage point, which is good because Luca Dean is better at it than Matty Cash is. Matty Cash has made great strides, but Luca Dean has real international quality, real international pedigree. He is Francis starting uh, at left back and. Um, It'll be wonderful to see him and Matt Target jostling for that position come come August, Andy. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if if, if Matt Target is uh, if he fancies the the battle, then um, then he's he's obviously welcome back. But I mean, uh, I think um, what we're seeing is 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 the quality and and why you make those those type of signings. Matt Target was fine, no problem. He had a really good season last season. He started. He was an absolute car crash at the start of the season, um, but he 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 was he was picking up. He was improving a little bit under under Gerard, um, and you can carry on with that. You can say, "Yep, yeah, that's fine. We don't need to we don't need to go near that. We don't need to touch it." Um, but when a player of that of that quality and that class becomes inexplicably available. Um, you have to exploit that. You have to. You have to be on that. And a player like that can come into come into into Aston Villa, into our club, 
and improve that position. Um, you know, it was, I often say, it's, it was a, an act of violence against uh, Matt Target in many ways because he knew at that moment that there was no chance of him um, getting his shirt back because he might play while Dina was injured or suspended. But as soon as he was back, he'd be out the side again. So he knew that. Um, and uh, he was absolutely right under those circumstances to ask for a move because he's got to play. Um, so so fair, fair play to Target for doing that. But um, you can't do... Well, I, I, I was convinced. And there's still a long way to go. He's, he's had a good game against uh, Burnley, Liverpool, and now, um, now Crystal Palace. Um you know the the jury remains out as it should do on 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 all the players and um but if he can continue that that kind of level most most of the time i think we've we've got an absolute um an absolute world beater on our hands at left back so um yeah matt target can 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 come back and uh, and play in the cup but um i think uh, i think that position is nailed down for for now um, although there is there is talk of um, we are we are actually looking for a you know perhaps a younger uh, left back to come in and um, and be the understudy and push him a little bit so you know that's that's all good as well so um, I know I think I think Matt Target probably is 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 going to go isn't he um, but uh, we'll we'll wait and see what happens with with Newcastle and, and whether they decide to pursue that but um, really impressed with Dina and that cross on uh, on. Um, Sunday was was just sublime, absolutely sublime. Really good finish as well by Ollie. I didn't know he touched it at first. I'm still not quite sure whether you can see the touch, but I think he just gets his. I, I saw it, it and yeah. I saw it clear as day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Goal, Ollie Watkins. <laughs> no, I'm 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 happy to 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 chalk that one up to him. I think that's his eleventh goal of the season. Which, considering he's had a a bit of a dodgy sort of first half of the season in particular, that's not a bad return, is it? It's really good, actually. And thinking about Ollie Watkins now, he is at 11 goals this season. Yes. And um, last season, we were all singing his praises for, for scoring 14. It's not out, out, of the, out of the question that you might get a brace here against, uh, against uh, Burnley, who are, who are struggling badly again now, uh, after we put them to the sword a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's not inconceivable couple against Burnley get one in you know against Man City Watkins already scored once against Man City this season that he's matched his total for last season and, and, and that would be incredible really for a player who for much of the season has, has, has certainly attracted lots of criticism not not least from from, from these observers here <laughs> on, on our podcast so for him to really be anywhere near that matching his goal haul from last season which, which we all kind of hailed we were I think last summer all of us were singing his praises we were banging the ollie watkins drum and um really excited for him he'd just been called up to the to the england squad and he was looking maybe to sneak in um to the england euro squad which was crazy for a player that had been playing at exeter city you know just uh, really a couple of years beforehand in retrospect actually probably watkins would have been a better pick for gareth southgate than uh, calvert lewin who he didn't really use at all but anyway i digress so for him to be anywhere near that um, is, is really good. And, and as you said, I think on the show with Dan last week, we really are seeing now the Ollie Watkins of old, the Ollie Watkins that we saw under Dean Smith. I don't know what changed. Maybe his uh, uh, daughter got a little bit older and he started getting some sleep or maybe he just, um, 
maybe he kicked himself up the backside or or maybe he just feels the love again maybe Gerard put his arm around him and said Ollie I love you and I've I've bought you this goldfish Dean Smith style I don't know what happened but we are seeing the the Ollie Watkins again of old and um and it's the delight to see yeah is um, yeah and, 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 you know we did speak about it and and I've been I've been very critical of of Ollie Watkins at times this season and just felt he was he was lacking something he wasn't he didn't have that fire in his belly really um, but just over the last few weeks, probably since probably since the Brighton game uh, where he scored um, late on, I think he's he's, um, he's he has gone on to another level, and I don't know exactly. I can't. I haven't got the numbers in front of me, but he's getting more towards that one in two, one in three numbers. I think since that point. So I think I think it's um, you know it's. Uh, it's one of them where I I was convinced he was off. I was convinced he was going. We were going to cash in. There was there's been a bit of talk about West Ham and so on. But he looks happy. He looks really really in control at the moment. He looks he looks you know like he he knows what he's doing. He's confident. Um, when he gets a chance, he's you know he's he, I know he, he scuffed one at the end, but he's he he looks more dangerous in front of goal. Um, and he's doing his job. He's doing his you know that the hold that plays back, the 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 work in the channels is back. Um, he just looks really, really up for it and really, really um, confident at the moment. And surely, and I speculated last week whether maybe he's the next one um, to 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 sign a new contract because he's probably due one. If he's going to stay this summer, he, we probably need to get him on get him on on new terms. What's he on a five-year, five-year deal? Four-year? He must be on five, be years. five years. I mean, with three years, yeah, with three, yeah. I mean, I mean, he I think, deserves it though, doesn't he? On the t- two years, yeah, so he far does. In the Premier League, he does. If you if you had told me if you had told me that um, that what's what's Danny Ings got? Has he got six goals or seven goals? Six or you know, seven, top, yeah, Andy? around that. I'm not sure. Whatever it is, yeah. if you if, if you told me at the beginning of the season when Danny Ings signed. Um, that Watkins would score double the amount of Premier League goals and the things things were I, I I would have um I would have I would have thought you a fool, Andy. <laughs> a foolish fool. <laughs> um I would have thought no chance, Danny, that uh, Watkins outscores Ings, never mind scores almost double the amount. So again, um yeah, if we're rewarding players for performance, for Ollie Watkins to come into the Premier League as a newcomer in his mid twenties to be Aston Villa's top goal scorer two seasons in a row in, in 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 ahead of the likes of Jack Grealish, ahead of the likes of goal scoring machine Bertrand Traore, ahead of the likes of um of, of Danny Ings, no less, and, and Coutinho now and and and, and Buendia and Bailey and, and, and lots of our vaunted kind of summer signings. Then you are becoming a top man at Aston Villa, one of the first names at a team sheet, and probably your 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 paycheck should probably reflect that. Um, he, he is one of Aston Villa's star performers, and he's proving it uh, season in and season out at this point. Yeah, definitely. And and who do you get? Who do you, who do you get to replace a player who's who's performing on that on that level? And if he can, because we all we all thought he was going to kick on this season, didn't we? But it stalled a bit this season. But maybe it's next it's season. Stall, yeah. Maybe it's next season it's, where he's gonna. Maybe it is next season where he he becomes he becomes the Jamie Vardy we're waiting for him to become in terms of his finishing. I, I just before we just before we move on, I have Bertrand Traore's goal stats for all the Bertrand Traore haters. All the not I'm not saying you, Andy. I'm saying the people on Twitter that I see get rid of Traore. Traore last season, 
Seven goals, seven assists in his debut season for Aston Villa. Seven goals, seven assists. Uh, that, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, is more than Mr. £30 million Danny Ings. The the, the, the defence rests, Your Honour. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had a few, didn't we, last season? Put post in good numbers. El Ghazi as well. I think got 10, you know, so we're... My beautiful baby boy has been abandoned <laughs> by fat Frank Lampard. <laughs> he has, I can't believe it really. You know, when you're desperately My needing beautiful goals. baby boy, Adwa, oh, Adwa. Yeah. what have they done to you? Yeah, well, he might be back, you never know. Um, mm, I, I think, yeah, I think, I think not. <laughs> but there was a, there's another contender for the Aston Villa goal giveaway club as well. Um, on the on the eighty first minute, as Jeffrey Jeffrey Schlupp restored parity for Vieira's side, um, Ezri Konza had already kind of left the field by that with a, what looked like a quite a serious knee injury. Um, so we await news on that, and obviously hope that that's um, that's not too serious. Um, but after the the goal, really Villa continued to look for a winner with with uh, the aforementioned Ollie Watkins. Uh, missing a pick of the the pick of the late openings to, to, to take the points. Um, oh, we've just been uh, waxing lyrical about Ollie Watkins, of course, but I've lost count of the number of times this season that we've discussed soft goals at one end and missed chances at the other end on this podcast. Um, but this game seemed to encapsulate um, the, the obvious itch issues we've had at each end of the field uh, during the season. Um, albeit obviously Watkins did get his goal. Um, there are clearly aspects um, which need improving during the summer, um, as you know. They, as I'm sure you'll agree, they've cost us considerably all season. Yeah, they have, and 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 this is the thing with with Ollie Watkins. Um, this is why I just made the Jamie Vardy point um, earlier, which I can clarify now. Um, look at that for a segue. Um, the Jamie Vardy point is that Jamie Vardy was doing lots of really nice things for for Leicester. Um, he was working hard. He was he was the best pressing forward probably in the Premier League when he came up. Uh, but in his first season, season and a half, he wasn't really a lethal goal scorer, and he developed into that. Ollie Watkins is not a lethal goal scorer. Um, he is someone that you. When he goes clean through, I mean, it's kind of like 50-50. I mean, I didn't think for a second he was going to score. Uh, there are there have been Villa strikers when they go through in that in that situation. You think goal, Benteke was probably the last one in the Premier League, in the Championship. Uh, uh, Kodja, for that matter, when he before he had his horrible ankle injury, if he went through like that, you think goal. Uh, Tammy Abraham certainly, when he went through in a situation like that, you're thinking goal. Um, Ollie Watkins isn't that guy. He is not that guy where I am convinced when he's in a good, a good, a good position that he's going to score. So the, the the Vardy thing will come in will come in now to see if if he does kick on to the next level. And in order for him to kick on to the next level, he's going to have to improve his finishing. His finishing is substandard in terms of his xG numbers. He underperformed his xG last season. He's underperformed his xG this season. And that is certainly the one major area for improvement for Ali Watkins to take him to that elite level where he can be realistically knocking on the England door and become a fixture in that in that squad. Because at the moment, certainly he's going to be behind the likes of Harry Kane for sure. And also our aforementioned uh, uh, Tammy Abraham. And even this this young lad at Arsenal, uh, Enketia, um, seems to be banging in goals uh, for fun the last few weeks as well. 
Um, so so that that that's really the step that Ollie Watkins needs to take. But again, Andy, I I, I feel like I'm on a, a beat up Danny Ings um, 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 a moment. He's done it again. He's he's missed a couple again, Andy. Danny Ings, or should I say? Scores less goals than Bertrand Traore on the wing, Danny Ings. <laughs> he has, yeah. And there were a couple of moments against Liverpool as well, weren't they? Certainly um, the oh, header goodness in the first me, yeah. half. And, um, but then <laughs> when he was offside, he, 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 took it, he took that goal absolutely perfectly. And that's, that's what Danny Ings can give you, you know, that, that level of finishing. Um, but there are times where he just, he just, he just doesn't... Um, set himself right or he's he's not quite got the ball in the in the right area or out of his feet um but yeah it's it, it's frustrating and i'm sure i'm sure no one's as frustrated as 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 he is with his 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 form this season he's gone in and out and there have been times i mean you know certainly games of late where you know he has looked the real deal he's looked he looked he's looked very good um uh, and deserved you know the the one or two sort of um goals that he's 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 got but um it's the amazing thing you know you hinted at it that when he came in he was going to be for me the, the the you know the guy that potentially got to 20 goals this season or or near it he was going to be the 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 main goal scorer for us um but it's just not worked out like that at all for probably a v- variety of reasons and um I'm not sure what where we go from here with him because you know we certainly don't get 25 30 million for him um nowhere near that um you know and you know it's a big call to kind of keep him on the books because he'll be on a um he'll be on fair wages as well um presumably that there's a lot of talk about you know at least one other striker coming in um so is there space for everyone really and uh players also coming back from loans as well archer and uh davis in particular so it's um it's an interesting time in terms of the strikers um and dannings you know had an opportunity really to finish the season really strongly and 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 keep himself in in the frame but you know whether he's actually done that i think i think ollie watkins has definitely kind of sprinted off ahead of him yeah, he has, and and that is really. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's we we talked about that sure thing earlier, that plug and play, the Denia factor, and and you said a, a number of times, and we all thought Danny Ings was was a sure thing. I mean, if you had asked me at the beginning of the season, um, how many goals do you think Danny Ings is going to get? I'm going to say, well, he's bang on for 15, 16, isn't he? And you know, if he if he does well, it's going to be twenty plus. You know that was that was the hope. So for him to be sitting on 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 six or seven or whatever it is, and I hear people saying, "Oh, well, he's he's got assists. He's got assists." Well, that that's nice. Assists are important, and and let's not downplay that contribution. But you wouldn't say, or I wouldn't say anyway, his overall play has been wonderful for the whole season. I think he's had a few good weeks in the last couple of weeks, but even then. He's missed sitters and really big chances, which is exactly the reason we we signed him for. So, for me, it's a conundrum. It's really difficult to um, to to know whether he just needs another year, and maybe he is that twenty goal a season striker next year if he's given a second year, or if you're like, well, 
This is a player with a terrible injury history. This is a player now at 30 or, or, or approaching 30. There's only one way he's really going in terms of his trajectory. Let's try and get as much money as we can for him. Again, that, that rumoured deal, uh, swap deal with Brighton for Bissouma does certainly appeal. Um, in, in that instance, is there, a, is there a creative way to get him out the door um, before we lose too much value on him? Or does his talent kind of say, ah, you know, it didn't work this year. The seven goals is 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 not good. But I think next year we, he's going to be that 20-goal-a-season striker we need to, to carry us into Europe. It's a it's a tricky one, Andy. What 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 would you do with him? Well, I think it will be it will be based on um, whether there's interest in him. I'm sure if if um, if there's decent interest in him, um, he, he he may get the opportunity to go. Um, but as well, you know, you sort of look around and you think we're very quick, aren't we, to to make these rash decisions about players. You know, and at the end of the day, it's not our career, it's not our money, it's not our reputation, is it? So we can make these um, these kind of uh, sweeping decisions about players. You know, Leon Bailey's another one, isn't he? You know, that most most fans have got out the door in the summer. You know, but sometimes players, you know, kick on at different stages. You know, and I know Danny Ings is a bit is a little bit older. So it's less likely. It's more likely that he's on the downward spiral. But but you never know, and he just might next season um, get a run of form, a good good run of um, without injuries, and and he might he might well kick on. Um, same is true of Bailey. There's there's so much potential, so much talent there. That do you just go now? We're giving up on that. You know, just get him out, get him out. Or do you, you, do you try and maximise the the ability he has, and uh, you know, and and try and um, try and get the most out of him? It's. Uh, I know. think, yeah. This this is the thing. If you you, you can see that you you can see it's there. You can see the, the movement. He gets into the positions. He gets the chances. Um, he probably should have had 12, 13 goals this season anyway. Um, but but he hasn't. So again. It it really does depend. We're we without without um you know without walking in circles too much. Who else is coming in? If the rumours of Luis Suarez, which is not a a a purchase I support, are true, then I don't know that there's room. <laughs> I think it's one of those like those westerns. This town ain't big enough for the both of us kind of thing. I think someone's got to go, and I, I think that person's Ings. Um, whereas if if Gerard is going to stick with with these two, and he believes in these two, and he's going to give them give them another go, I I, I could be brought around to that idea. But I think at that point, if Ings is not the player we need him to be by January, maybe you, then you you cut loose, like all right, let's get rid of this guy while he still has some value, while we can still get some money from him, because two duff seasons and seven goals isn't isn't a duff season. I probably shouldn't say that word, but two below average seasons for Danny Ings, I think really kills his market value in the Premier League and and and, and we really go to the cleaners on him. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, we'll, we'll see and obviously there will be um, sort of major, major sort of incomings, I think, all over the, um, you know, the Villa team. 
certainly the defence, um, the midfield especially, and there may be a new striker, as you said. So we'll, we'll wait and see what, what happens with that. But we've got two matches to go um, until we get, get into the thick of it in the summer transfer window. Um, the first of which is is home to Burnley um, on Thursday night, a game that was rearranged after being postponed due to COVID um, in the Villa squad last December. Uh, having only played Burnley a couple of weeks ago and with them sort of teetering over the trapdoor, it will be one of the, the last opportunities to get the points needed to send Leeds and, and Everton down for them. Um Gerard will be hoping for, for a similar display to the 3-1 win at Turf Moor um, to finish the home campaign on a high in what has been a, a relatively mixed season, really. Um, looks like Konza will probably miss the game or we're, we're awaiting news on his injury. Um, and it will be interesting to see if Gerard turns again to Emi Buendia after his match-winning display against Burnley two weeks ago. This is a huge game in the relegation battle, um, which we are kind of delighted to not be actively involved in. But any thoughts on this game and what would you like to see from Gerard and the team on Thursday night? I am um, more of the same, really. Um, I, uh, speaking of the relegation battle, a little aside here, uh, uh, Andy, I, I text uh, a, a group of friends of mine um, the other day when Leeds lost 3-0 to say, hey, Aston Villa are officially safe from relegation. We can we can cheer on, um, mainly because most of them are Liverpool fans, and they have a, a, they they get very upset whenever I say anything, even remotely questioning about Steven Gerrard. So I, that was a little bit tongue in cheek. But yeah, look, this is this is on a serious note. We have to we have to talk about this a little bit. We have only just become safe from relegation a few days ago because Leeds lost. 3-0. That is not anything close to being good enough for the outlay at Aston Villa. And again, lots of blame to go around. Some blame for Gerrard, some blame for Smith, some some blame for the, the, the transfer committee, likes of Ings, blah, blah, blah. We've said all that. Um, but it, it isn't a wonderful place to be in um, so close to the end of the season. But what we do have is um, an opportunity to go back against Burnley, this time Villa Park under the lights our last home game of the season to really go out with a bang, uh, maybe make up for, for a little bit of a, a damp squib of a performance against uh, Palace at the weekend and really, really think about how we can put Burnley to the sword, give them a sound beating again. Um, we, we, we won, obviously, 3-0 um, just a few days ago. There's nothing to suggest that Burnley have anything more to offer. I think they have actually are suffering for some, some more injuries. Um, in terms of uh, Tar- Tarkovsky, not sure whether he'll be back or not, but Aston Villa certainly have the measure of Burnley. And we we just have far better players than Burnley do. And this was another interesting thing. This is something I meant to mention like three weeks ago. This is another aside. I do this. You know, like in the last couple of years, when we were first promoted and then when we stayed up by the skin of our teeth, I was kind of looking around like, lustfully if you like at some of the players of some of our rivals i was like oh you know someone like dwight mcneil he'd really help us someone like uh, ishmael assar from watford they'd really help help us someone like rafinha from from leeds they'd really help us i wouldn't touch any of those guys now maybe rafinha i would like we have moved to a new kind of realm in terms of the players that we've been able to accumulate over a really short period of time 
And I think that that is really exciting. I'm, I'm excited by it. Anyway, so yeah, um, we 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 got to give. Um, we we I'm ex- what I'm expecting from Gerard and the team. I'm expecting the return of Emmy Berndia. I'm expecting him to lead them a merry dance again. A brace for Ollie Watkins and and a, a comfortable two nil two 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 or three nil win. I mean that's I'm giving my prediction early, but um, I'm expecting a, a comfortable win against uh, against Burnley. And this is the other interesting thing about Burnley is they have to win now. So none of this part of the bus football, they kind of have to come out. And I think that's going to really play into to, to, to Villa's hands. I like uh, the fact that, that Chambers will be in. He's better in the air than Konza is. And I, I think he helps mitigate um, some of those long diagonals that Bernie liked to play. And I'm, I'm just really confident for this game. And, and it should be a comfortable, comfortable win, Andy. Yeah, let's hope so. And uh, yeah, you just want to see... See more of more of what we've seen, you know. Certainly, the the, the Liverpool game was a was a really encouraging performance, and um, and the the previous game against Burnley um, at Turf Moor, you know, really excellent sort of ninety minute display. And you want to see you want to see that again in front of our in front of our own fans. So um, I I fully expect Buendia to start. I think there's 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 no reason, you know, Coutinho um, can then play against Man City. Um, well, they could both play against Man City. Why not? It doesn't really matter. I think who plays against them, but um, you know, it's it's just um, you know, it should it should be a nice nice evening. It's a bit of a strange thing, sort of finishing the uh, finishing the home season on a um, on a night game on a Thursday. <laughs> um, but you know, there, there we are. That's the that's the type of season it's been, and you know, we'll uh, we'll all be there and uh, and give them a send off, and hopefully. Um, they'll get the three points, you know, and uh, that uh, relegation battle will go will go definitely down to the last day. I, 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 I should be a should be an exciting day on, on Sunday for uh, perhaps not for the people involved, but um, for everyone else for the neutrals watching watching. That. Oh, it was it was really exciting when we were when we were away at West Ham on that last game of the season. That Yarmolenko strike I think looped in off Grealish I hated every minute um, of that day <laughs> oh I I I it was exciting though it was you 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 knew you were alive <laughs> your heart's beating through your chest you yeah I was uh yeah it was it was a it was a it was a um a fond memory in the end but my goodness if he went down it would have been it would have been I dark. think I was still cursing Anwar Al Ghazi for missing that uh that sitter from under the under the crossbar at Everton. But. You leave my beautiful baby boy alone. <laughs> he was doing it because he knew he was going to be moving on to Everton. And yeah, that game was ridiculous. Theo Walcott scoring the first header of his whole career <laughs> against Aston Villa to equal it, it was maddening. Yeah. Actually, yeah. that one. But I thought we. I thought. I thought our goose was cooked after yeah. then. See, look at these memories. See, we all you love yeah. it. This is what Burnley fans will be thinking now. <laughs> except they're going to lose five nil and go down. So you know they'll be upset. <laughs> Yeah, well, you you never know. They they might be targeting the the Newcastle game at home on Sunday. That uh, that would be a mistake, in my opinion. Um, but then, final day of the season, um, Sunday we go to Manchester City, who are obviously chasing the title. Um, as it stands, um, Liverpool are two one up against um, Southampton. So. We'll be going down to the last day if it stays like that. Um, and Man City just need to win. Um, any any win will do, really, against um, against Aston Villa. And, of course, um, we'll be up against our old 
Captain Jack Grealish. Um, the narrative here is all, all around Steven Gerrard, though, and whether he can work some magic to put the league title back in Liverpool's hands, um, which he was unable to do as a player. And, of course, there might be some pleasure in preventing Grealish from achieving what he left us to do 12 months ago. The likelihood is, of course, that City will win fairly comfortably and retain their title again. But just just how nice would it be to upset the apple cart on the last day? Um, and of course, we are due a win against one of the big boys, Craig. To coin a phrase from Kevin Keegan, I would love it if we beat them. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would be delighted. Um, and I would be delighted on several levels. So this would be like a multi-layered kind of joy. And um, I, I can talk you through those layers now, like a like a like a fine uh, gateau or bread pudding. So the the first layer that would make me happy is Aston Villa do need to beat um, teams above us. Now this kind of narrative we've spoken about on this podcast before. Our Villa can't beat teams above us. Yes, we can. We've beaten everybody except Man City. Uh, Dean Smith beat everybody. Uh, Gerard hasn't yet. I'm sure he will, but he hasn't yet. Uh, Dean Smith beat everybody um, in the kind of top six other than Man City, so it would be great for Gerard to do that. Um, to win against Manchester City would be a great fillip to the end of the season, and it would also be that little momentum push, swing into, into next season. And Pep actually does have a funny, talking about Champions Leagues, and, and Pep, Pep does have a funny way of, of doing quirky things in big big games so you never know and, and and putting his foot in his mouth so hopefully Pep does that again on on, on uh, Sunday against Villa uh, the other thing I would say is the Grealish thing um, I don't want Grealish to to win the league um, and that might make me a petty individual and I accept that criticism <laughs> I accept it yeah. yep petty I don't want him to win the league and I and I and 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 I would prefer, on a deeper level, Liverpool to win the league because I don't like Manchester City as a football club. I don't like the nation-state operators. I don't like the fact that this is a club funded with unlimited resources, a club which has allegedly been cheating and um, and uh, and been accused uh, by the uh, uh, some some leaks in Der Spiegel in Germany of cooking the books to inflate their numbers to comply with FFP. Um, I don't want a, f- a football club like that to win the Premier League just as a football fan without my Aston Villa glasses on I would much prefer it went to to Liverpool and um, and, and and that's another level why I would like Man City to lose but um, there is a amongst all that kind of a, a, a waffle there Andy there is a small problem there an inconvenient truth if you will and that is that man city are levels above us and can probably beat us uh, with with one arm tied behind their back quite frankly yeah well that's that's it isn't it and they are going to be going all out certainly pep guardiola after the west ham game was just in absolute determined mood wasn't he and uh, he's um, he's going to throw everything I think at, uh, at Aston Villa um, we may be lambs to the slaughter or we might just um, rise up and uh, use their nervous energy against them and and maybe just just do something who knows you know teams have have beaten Man City before and you know they're not they're only human and uh, but it's nailed on for a um for a Man City win and a Jack Grealish uh, hat trick, isn't it? Well, 
Oh, I don't know if I could talk about talk about a, talk about a feeling on the last day. I think I might. Um, I don't know what I might do. I might have to go jump in the full pool with Philip Coutinho, and um, uh, I, I don't know. That would be terrible. Um, let me ask you a question about Jack Grealish, Andy. Yeah. Now, I don't know the man, and um, I'm just curious as to what you think he would be thinking. Now, I'm not sure, with all due respect, that he is a deep thinker. But if he's thinking, I mean, do you think that he feels part of this title win? Because I, th I feel like if I was him, I might be kind of thinking, well, we won the title, but I was kind of incidental to it. I was kind of along for the ride a little bit, kind of in the back with Scott Carson. Like, does it mean the same thing? I mean, I'm sure it does, or, or doesn't it? I mean, is that is that even a thing? Does that exist in, in sports people? Do you want to feel like you're a driving force to feel part of the win, or is it just good enough to be, you know, kind of on the team carrying the water for, for De Bruyne and uh, Mares and and and, uh, and um, the other lads? I mean, it's hard to know what he thinks. I think he would just take the medal, only. But um, I I think that that the fact is from outside. Um, Man City are in this position, whether they signed him or not. You know they're in the same position, aren't they? So um, he's, he hasn't really affected the season, from my perspective, from what I've seen, one iota. You know, if anything, he's been um, just a sort of hundred million pound sideshow, really, hasn't he? Um, now I'm sure he's, he's you know a big part of that squad. As he was at Villa, you know, he he was a kind of galvanising influence at Villa. Probably less so there because they've got such such big sort of superstars. But I'm sure he's a popular member of the team and the squad. And you know, he'll he'll see it as you know the first kind of teething season, if you like, under under Pep and and Man City. Um, you know, of course, you know we, we we've all got this kind of nagging feeling, haven't we, that we don't want him to achieve what he left us to do. Um, I've certainly felt like that. I think at some point he's going to, though. Um, and I will say um, on the record that after this season, I'm burying the hatchet with Jack Grealish. Oh. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm moving away from it. I'm less concerned about what he's doing at Man City. And like you say, I, I have the same... Feelings as you do towards Man City as a as a as an entity as a football club. Um, Jack Grealish chose to be part of that. That's fine. It's his career. He he made that decision. We move on next season. It's not about him anymore. It's not about whether we miss Jack Grealish or or um, whether he's left a hole in the team. As I've made that point this season, none of that. We start afresh next season. Steven Gerrard's team. Um, He'll have his new players. He'll have Philip Coutinho, um, and and we move forward. So what I hear you saying here, Andy, is you're saying to Grealish, "Go now, go, walk out the door, <laughs> just turn around now, because you're not welcome anymore." Well, you're not, yeah, you're going to let bygones be bygones. Yeah, and, I think and, I think uh, I think that's and, fair. And, 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 I've I've had on. a season of, um, of of coming to terms with it, and uh, I have now. Um, I want one last one last um, effort now to stop him winning that league title. Um, but after that, 
whatever, come what may on Sunday, um, we uh, we move on. That's my that's fair uh, enough, Andy. I'm I'm going to try and join you on the high ground. I don't know that I have that uh, level of um, I don't know that I have that level of maturity, but I'm going to try and join you actually, and I'm going to try and 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 let bygones be bygones and live and let live and cheer on. Um, Solly Hall's own Jack Grealish as he marches towards um, infinity and beyond in his oil ship. Yeah. Well, the other thing is that the, the you know he'll be involved with England at the World Cup, and I want to um, you know uh, I can't support the World Cup that World Cup. It's it's not it's not what we want, but it's going to happen, and I want I want England to go and win it. So um, and he'll be part of that. So. Uh, that's another that's another part of my thinking really but we'll uh, we'll see whether i've got the maturity for that as well <laughs> but uh you know we'll we'll wait and see but no more booing jack grealish from me um but what about predictions then you've given your burnley you said 2-0 what about man city yeah i'm going to upgrade that to um 4-0 okay blimey yeah i've decided burnley are burnley are really the I really want them to, to. I think I really want them to go down. Actually, now, um, I, there's recent uh, a couple of supporters are arrested for alleged Nazi salutes uh, in the last couple of days at Burnley. Um, so that kind of, um, and obviously you can't tire everyone with the same brush. Um, but that that kind of stuck in my craw a little bit. And I was like, all right, Burnley, just see yeah. you later. Back to the championship with yeah, you. Fair enough. Um, Four nil, and then um, Man City. I think will beat us three one. Three one to Villa. <laughs> no, <laughs> you never know. I'm going to go uh, two one, two one against Burnley, and I think we'll get a point at the Etihad. I'm going to go for it. I never predict us to lose. Wow! So I'm going to say we'll get a point. John McGinn will get a last minute equaliser. Um, okay. Yeah, it's 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 written. It's written. Um, so we'll see, but we'll, thanks for uh, joining me again this week, Craig. Great to, great to see you, great to chat, chat it all over again. Um, and we'll hopefully be back next week to uh, to look back on a successful end to the season um, and uh, and to uh, laugh at Jack Grealish for one last time. Um, but <laughs> but uh, that's going to come back to bite me. But um, thanks for joining us, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, one, one, one or two more to go for the end of the season we'll say we'll be back next week and then we might do a uh, a uh, season review the week after if we can um it's been great uh, great having you this week if you are going to the games this weekend or uh, on thursday then uh, enjoy the games um let's hope for some some positive performances and uh, we we shall see you next week but until then stay safe and up the villa